Welcome to Dialogue with State Senator Paul Lavota, your electronic town hall meeting. Join Senator Lavota, Independence Mayor Pro Tem Chris Whiting, and activist Courtney Cole for this weekly discussion about Missouri government and politics. Now here's the Missouri State Senator from the 11th District, Paul Lavota. Thank you and welcome to Dialogue. It is July the 2nd, 2015, and this is Dialogue Program. Your electronic town hall meeting where we talk about Missouri government, Missouri politics, the happenings that's going on even though it's in the middle of summer and sometimes things really aren't going on, but that's okay because we're here to talk about it anyway. (laughs) And I am uh, State Senator Paul Lavota. I represent the 11th Senatorial District, which is primarily Independence, Eastern Jackson County, 178,000 wonderful people, and I'm proud to represent them and uh, very excited that uh, we're having a program with a full crew. It's been a while. It's been <coughs> a while. Pardon and me. And I'm very excited by this. And I am very happy to introduce a man who's a lifelong resident of Independence, Missouri. Uh, sixth generation, I believe. Wow. Has a proud father of two, business owner, um, just a just a just just a, a good guy. bona fide He's guy. Go, real a real independence guy. He's also our. Independence Mayor Pro Tem, Chris Whiting. Welcome, Chris. Oh, my gosh. What a lovely introduction. Thank you, Senator Lavoda. I uh, appreciate all the accolades. I I blush. <coughs> Thank you, Charlie. <coughs> wow. I, I'm just thrilled to be back. I don't know how long it's been since we've had all three of us here. Months. Yes. And which, which leads me to the next exciting point is I'd like to introduce our good friend, Courtney Cole. Courtney. Thanks. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. I uh, shouldn't do this ourselves. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was going to be a laugh track. No. <laughs> well, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks. How are you? I don't know if you've ever met Chris before. Chris. Chris. Oh, yeah. Chris Whiting. Hey. hey. Activist Courtney Cole. How are you doing? <laughs> it's going good. How are you? <laughs> going well. All right. Always excited to do dialogue, and it's been so long, but it's like riding a bike, you know? Right. You yeah. just hop right back on, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. After session and uh, vacations and uh, storms and floods. Oh, boy. And uh, I'm trying to think of other things that Festivals. have kept us away. Festivals. Meetings. Um, meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Floods. Oh, we said that. Yeah, floods. <laughs> <laughs> but we're all back together, and you know what we do when we're all back together? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> we do the weekly news roundup. Now the weekly news roundup. Brought to you doing by the good folks at Liberty Realty. Here's Chris Whiting. Thank you very much. This is your weekly news roundup, and I'm Chris Whiting. Nixon vetoes charter school expansion bill. Yay! Governor Yay. J. Nixon on June 26 <laughs> vetoed controversial legislation that sought to expand charter schools and provide public funding for privately operated virtual schools. The bill, House Bill 42, originally had been intended to fix the numerous flaws with Missouri's student transfer law, but Nixon and other critics contend the measure has finally has finally passed did little to address those issues and instead made it harder for students in struggling schools to transfer to better districts. Rather than solving the problems with Missouri's current school transfer law, House Bill number 42 exacerbates them, Nixon said in his veto message. Consequently, it should not become law. Do you think he said exacerbates? I think somebody may have written that for him, but I don't know how it works at the state level. That's beyond me. (laughs) Okay. Yes. 
This year marked the fifth straight that the Republican-controlled General Assembly has failed to successfully enact legislation resolving the transfer issue since the Missouri Supreme Court originally upheld the constitutionality of the transfer law in 2010. Previous efforts either failed to clear the legislature or were vetoed due to the inclusion of unrelated provisions that critics felt would undermine public education. That's right. Under the transfer law, students in unaccredited school districts can transfer to a nearby accredited district of their choice, with their home district required to pay tuition and transfer costs. Normandy and Riverview Gardens in North St. Louis County at present are the only two districts subject to the law. Although both had long struggled with academic performance, they had been financially stable until tuition for transfer students began siphoning off substantial portions of their revenue, leaving insufficient funding to support the students who remained. Yep. House Bill 42 did nothing to control the tuition rates charged by receiving districts, some of which charged Normandy and Riverview Gardens far more than their actual cost to educate students. Instead, the bill would limit the opportunities for students to transfer to other districts by first requiring that all openings at accredited school buildings within unaccredited school districts be filled before students could seek opportunities elsewhere. It would also require hundreds of students who have already transferred to return to their home districts for at least one semester. House Bill 42 would authorize charter schools to operate anywhere in St. Louis County and in all but four small school districts in Jackson County. Under existing law, charter schools are allowed only in St. Louis and Kansas City. Charter schools are public schools that operate free from most of the state laws and regulations traditional public schools must follow. Although a few charter schools in Missouri have been successful, most have enjoyed, it, have enjoyed limited academic success and several have been forced to close. Mm -hmm. Any more on this? Uh, just two more short paragraphs. <laughs> in addition, House Bill 42 would allow parents to enroll their children in privately operated virtual schools at taxpayer expense. Such virtual schools wouldn't be subject to any oversight or regulation from the state or local school boards regarding quality or academic rigor. The House of Representatives voted 84 to 73 to grant final passage of the bill in May. That tally provided just two votes more than needed for the simple majority needed for passage and 25 votes short of the 109-vote supermajority that would be required for a veto override. As a result, lawmakers aren't expected to attempt to overrule the governor when they convene for their annual veto session on September 16th. Yay! Good job, Chris. That was Woo! a very, Thank you. very good and very in-depth article well, about a big issue that the radicals who control the legislature have decided never to deal with the idea of the, of the transfer it's hurting the normandy and review districts it's hurting uh the receiving districts uh, a few years ago we were concerned because kansas city was under uh wasn't provisional or accredited it was unaccredited uh -huh. as far as the number but they moved up um i had legislation and the language in that of that legislation is included in house bill 42 that says that you don't have to take a transfer unless they meet classroom size ratio numbers that made sense you could still have transfers but you could but you know you couldn't overwhelm a district that's the type of common sense thing we should do to fix the transfers mm -hmm. and deal with the money part of it but instead this was hijacked by um the charter school profiteers who want to pull money from from public education and begin to do private uh, charter schools and make money everywhere that's what this is all about it, they hijacked a problem and tried to um make on to it. And I'm glad that um, Governor Nixon saw that and vetoed it. Now, and I don't know if you have a sound effect for this, but I'll this try. is it. 
State Senator Paul Lavota. It's called the segment State Senator Paul Lavota praises Governor Nixon. What? So here's what here's what the governor did. When last year there was a there was a bill that took uh, public money to private um, folks. He he vetoed it. He and he said at the beginning of the session this year, "Don't have that provision in there. I'm going to veto it." So they didn't have that provision in there. They did another thing, which included charter schools, which is also public money going to private individuals. So. To me, I think he was clear with why he was he was going to be against it, and the people really didn't live up to the commitment to him. You know, they tried to do it in a different way, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm glad he vetoed it. He's going to be taking a lot of heat from um, some of my fellow Democrat senators, uh, Joe Kevney, uh, Maria Chappelle. They're all for uh, these charter schools and, and things like that. Um, so he'll take some heat from people within our party, but. It's the right thing to do to build public education. We should be the party of public education Mm -hmm. and not let these things happen. Uh, And I know some of the senators are really, they want to do everything they can to stop this transfer issue, but you can't destroy public education along the way. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. can't do it. So um, I'm really glad that he vetoed it. And, uh, again, it's not going to override a veto. So I I wonder if the House will bring it up and what they'll do and how that will go. Um, The other thing that's interesting about this bill is that they – Enhance virtual schools. Mm-hmm. Virtual schools. What is so? It's like virtually school? boring. I mean, no, it's I like mean, a satellite school. They used to call it, and now it's virtual schools. And so, the students school come. of the future. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, they've already started going okay. that direction. Okay. With some. Old man senator here. I mean, is that <laughs> how people are going to learn nowadays? Um, I think that eventually, yeah, that's probably okay. how right. it's going to so happen. What, they give you a Chromebook and you sit at home and. Do school that way? Is that what it is? You know, they get in. a candy computer. <laughs> they do. Chromebook. I don't know. That's what the kids have at the school where my kids go. I don't know. What? They, they don't have an Apple? No, they get Chromebooks. I don't know. Huh. I'm not here to get in it's the a, whole Apple, let me, let me write this down. Google, it's a, Android. It's a budget problem when they get the Chromebooks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I'm not sure exactly how it is. I know that there you know, are districts that have it set up different ways. And so. Um, I know they had satellite school and the students would have to show up and then, you know, do the work there, but it would essentially just be through the computers and they'd have a monitor in the room, you know, not somebody. They have to go all the way to space to do (laughs) Yeah, they go to satellite, yes. No. Oh, literal senator. (laughs) Right. Let me explain this to you. Okay, Um, I I guess I'll open up on different ways of educating. And and it should be our educators that um, figure out the best way and we should – give them resources to do that we haven't been doing that we've mm-hmm. just been continually chipping away and mm-hmm. it's very very frustrating and uh thank you for reading all that that's good <laughs> background on that because no, that was my be, pleasure it's gonna be quite a uh it's gonna be battle within t- the parties as well because they only had 84 people in the house vote for it so there's a big group of republicans who did not vote for that mm-hmm. 25 so it's not it's not a necessarily a partisan thing on this but to me it is a um thing you gotta you can't take a problem and then try to destroy public schools use it as an opportunity to destroy public schools we were at the independence chamber talking about this issue um ira anders our state representative said it so crispy crisply and clearly (laughs) that the legislature just can't solve big problems Mm -hmm. just has inability and then representative sheila solon says 
Well, I don't know how you're going to get an education bill passed without including some of the uh, reformers. I call them profiteers. <laughs> well, how about how about you just don't have <laughs> them included? There's an idea, mm-hmm. and you solve the problem. You know, just cut them out entirely. Yeah, just yeah. cut them out and solve the problem. Say, hey, I know you're doing this. Good for you, but we got a problem we got to solve. Um, but we can't do that. That's why. I ha- that's how crisp and clear Iroh was. That's the boy. Yeah, brisk. It, it, brisk. If you could get the profiteers out, you could have some crisp and brisk legislation, right. perhaps that could just fly right through. Right. But we don't do that enough. We, Crisply we have, and briskly. We have the who have the inability to solve big problems. Wow. Moving on, High Court upholds validity of ballot measures. The Missouri Supreme Court on June 30th upheld the validity of two constitutional amendments voters separately ratified last August, expanding gun rights and establishing a constitutional right to farm. The plaintiffs in both cases had argued the Republican-controlled General Assembly crafted unfair and misleading ballot language for the measures designed to deceive voters. The court ruled the language for the two measures was legally sufficient and fair. Although legal challenges to ballot language are common, they usually are brought before an election. These cases mark the first time the court has considered ballot language challenges after voters have approved a statewide ballot proposal. St. Louis Metropolitan Police Chief Sam Dotson and other plaintiffs attempted to challenge the ballot language for the gun measure, Amendment 5, prior to the August 5th primary election. Due to the unusually short timetable between when the measure was certified for the ballot in June and Election Day, however, the litigation was unable to run its course before the statutory deadline for making ballot changes had passed. Since the plaintiffs were denied full review due to no fault of their own, the Supreme Court ruled in July 2014 that they could pursue the issue after the election if voters ratified Amendment 5, which they did with 60.9% support. The plaintiffs argued the language was unfair and misleading because it omitted mention of important substantive changes while improperly implying the amendment would establish a new state-level right to bear arms, a right that already existed in the Missouri Constitution. And the U.S. Constitution. Oh, good point. Yes, that's the Second Amendment for our listeners out there. Yes, thank you. Voters barely ratified the right to farm measure, Amendment 1, with 50.1% support. Although the General Assembly approved the legislation placing it on ballot more than a year before Election Day, opponents made no attempt to challenge the ballot language prior to the election despite having ample time to do so. The Supreme Court ruled 5-2 to two that the challenge could still be brought post-election since it hadn't been already litigated. In dissent, Judges Laura Denver... Oh, sorry. My apologies. Judges it's Laura Denver, Denver Stith <laughs> and George Draper said a post-election challenge wasn't timely in this instance since the plaintiffs chose not to raise the issue prior to the election. So, a couple of the ridiculous things that were passed (laughs) um, are going to continue this. The the people in St. Louis brought this suit against the, the... guaranteeing our right to bear arms even though we have it already because they feel feel it's more uh they feel like um even criminals can get access to guns and in a high crime area that they're dealing with that they think it makes them makes their job a little bit harder and um what was interesting about that case is that we passed a, a bill this year i don't remember the number but it was senator will kraus that even has shortened the time between um, when you can uh, rule or when you can try to um, question the the ballot language, so really? so this one this one said the time is short, and the legislature wants to shorten it. 
Who wants uh, to shorten it in the legislature? We passed it. Uh, Senator Krause had that bill. I was completely Wait, isn't against he it. running for a secretary of state? That's right. That's and he right. wants to limit people's ability to have that's, input on ballot measures. That's right. That's okay, right. I'm just that's making exactly sure that I'm correct. That's mm. exactly that we're correct. clear. But what hmm. this but what this case does, and uh, well, you guys know this. I'm not a lawyer. Right. Okay. But but what <laughs> we I do see know it that. As, yeah. yes, but what we I know. see it as is the it looks to me like the Supreme Court is saying, Well, there wasn't a lot of time we're still gonna rule on if it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. So this attempt by Senator Cross to shorten the time isn't gonna work yeah. because the Supreme Court is gonna say, No, we're gonna decide mm-hmm. what's constitutional, what isn't. Mm-hmm. I like that. And then <laughs> and then the uh, right to farm, which I, I guess they ruled that there was enough time on that, but I don't. Didn't we already have the right to farm? Yes, we have the right. It's, it's just, just another sure. ridiculous no, thing. Another great question. Yeah. I was just making sure that so. I saw the right to farm. So, well. again, another in-depth information by Chris, Chris Whiting. Whiting. Thank yeah, you, Chris. That's how I like to report the news, friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Judge says <laughs> Senate committees can bar recordings. Cole County Circuit Judge John Beatham on June 30th dismissed a lawsuit that claims some Senate committee chairmen routinely violate Missouri's Sunshine Law by refusing to allow video recordings of public hearings. The lawsuit was brought by Progress Missouri, a political advocacy group which frequently records legislative committees but was barred from doing so on several occasions during the 2015 legislative session. Under the Sunshine Law, citizens have the legal right to record meetings of public governmental bodies. Although the House of Representatives' internal rules require its committees to follow the law in regard to recordings, Senate rules give committee chairmen the discretion to allow or prohibit recording as they see fit. Beatham ruled that since the Missouri Constitution grants the Senate, as well as the House, the authority to determine the rules of its own proceedings, the Senate has the authority to allow committee chairmen to prohibit the recording of hearings. The Sunshine Law's requirements to the contrary, notwithstanding. This is is interesting because... It is within Senate rules that the chairman decides. I don't know why the chairman would care mm-hmm. that things are being recorded. And with that said, many chairmen are saying, well, you can't have a political av- advocacy group in there videotaping. It has to be a member of the press. That's okay. one person's interpretation. That's one senator's interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I agree with many, many things that Progress Missouri does, but I don't know if I would want the Americans for Prosperity in there recording um, just because the chairman said yes to them and not to other groups. Mm-hmm. So it's a really interesting thing that we're, that we're approaching with what is the press. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause yes. Because the Sunshine Law allows the press to have this, but mm-hmm. is Progress Missouri a press? I mean, that's the but question. They, but they are the public. So if it's a public hearing, then why does it matter? Well, it's the recording. It's not the attending. They can attend. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were cha- a chair, let me dream about this. If I were a chair, Chairman Lavoda would just let everyone record. That's just kind of how it goes. Whether I was agreeing with them or not in their political advocacy, you just got to do it. It's just the way it is. And that's that would be the easiest thing for Senator Kehoe and Senator Parsons to do because that's how it should be done. Those are two guys who disagree with Progress Missouri, don't want them in there, but they handle their committees fine. I mean, mm-hmm. Well, and it's know, not like whenever they're recording that they're interrupting the proceedings, right? They're just recording that's right. them. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just think with like, um, oh, you know, those 
programs where you can like live screen mm-hmm. and be able to show. You know, I just think as far as democracy goes, it would be better if more people are educated and they can tune in. If they can't make it down to the Capitol, they know they can tune into a certain website mm-hmm. and they can still see the proceedings. Well, and, and I, I agree with you on that. I guess I'm even thinking more philosophically. It doesn't make a difference if anyone ever sees it. <laughs> they, they should just that's just kind of right. how it goes. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, they're gonna make the decisions they're gonna make yeah. regardless whether they're being recorded or not. That's how it goes. Yeah, yeah. and you shouldn't a sender shouldn't worry that the camera's there or not. Right. So. Well, they've spent a lot of time on this, so they're clearly worried about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, agreed on that. Yeah. Agree to agree. Well, your <laughs> your proceedings are all recorded. They are. And all of right our, there on TV. All of our council meetings yeah. are recorded. They're on TV. They play repeatedly, and mm-hmm. you can get them on demand anytime on the internet. So, now, of course, we have closed session meetings uh-huh. that aren't, but that's uh, that's under the provisions but of the that, sunshine. But that's law. by but that's by topic, right? Correct. Yes. Personnel. Yeah, for things like personnel, litigation, yeah. mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That, um, you know, it, it, the notes, we, we must take notes of those proceedings. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's touchy yeah. stuff sometimes. I mean, there's an exi- Well, I wonder what, well, maybe Wise Progress Missouri to do this, to go into the City Council of Independence and record. I wonder <laughs> what you guys would do. I don't know. Yeah. I've not seen that happen where people have been recording yeah. while we're in the chambers yeah. there. But and it's probably because they have access That's to right. all of it. That's right. That probably so. is the you probably have come up with the solution, Mr. Mayor Pro Tem, is the Senate start recording everything. Just and record make it, it all. Make it access, yeah, make it available. Accessible to mm-hmm. um, the public. And then Progress Missouri or whoever else can go out and they watch can do with and it what they download want. whatever they want to do. Right. Yeah, do their thing. This this started, though, with the committees holding their meetings outside of the Capitol, correct? No, that was was the House. Right. I knew that that was in the House. But that's kind of where this then started. Mm -hmm. Then they started kind of trying to get into the hearings and stuff, and then they ended up challenging them? Uh, No. Because they blocked them out? No, this is is all on the Senate side, and it's all the Senate rule. And this started because... Um, Progress Missouri went in to record a, a uh, either a transportation hearing. I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of what Senator Kehoe is in charge of. And he got all miffed and kicked him out. Oh, okay. That's it. <laughs> that was it. He was... He was. So then they decided to challenge it. I'll do what I want. That's, right. That's my invitation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was pretty good. That was it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, another problem solved <laughs> right here on Dialogue. <laughs> and Your finally. problem solved. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh. My confusion is cleared up. Thanks. <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah. And finally, net revenue collections grew 8.8% in fiscal year 2015. Net state general revenue collections for the 2015 fiscal year increased 8.8% compared to fiscal year 2014, going from $8 billion last year to $8.71 billion this year. Net general revenue collections for June, the last month of the 2014 fiscal year, increased 22.9% compared to those for June 2014. That was an odd inflection. For June 2014, <laughs> going from 685.7 million to 842.7 million. See, this is this is good news, and even the projection is that um, I read today. I don't get too excited about this. Okay. That. This means that the governor probably won't even have to withhold anything based on the budget. Whoa. So that that would be exciting if that's the case, where school districts and law enforcement perhaps can plan on the things that they need to plan on. Oh, that would be great news. 
And I think part of it is um, a good economy compared to other states that have had even worse tax policy than mm-hmm. us. The tax policy we passed hasn't kicked in yet. So let's ride the high time me to a better way than when that guy started being president in 2008. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we need to, can we, is this a good time to talk about this? It's it's never a bad time. Do you ever, do you ever, did you listen to the WTF podcast with Mark Marin? No. Funny Man and President Barack Obama? I've not politician? listened to it yet. I would love to. Have you listened to it? I no. I I demand whoa that you go listen to it. Wow. It is it is what it is a podcast. It is real conversation. It is a dialogue. It is intimate. And this whole shtick of one guy's funny and one guy's the politician was stolen from another <laughs> podcast I can think of. <laughs> and I will be asking my attorney to draw up some <laughs> strongly worded letter. Whoa. But it is really interesting. Um, wow. And I, I, I've heard about and I heard Mark Marin talk about it in an interview on the air, but I've not heard the actual podcast. <laughs> I don't think that's too much to ask. Yeah, yeah he's so. going to make me search for it, too. Yeah. Well, folks, that's your weekly news roundup brought to you by the good folks at Liberty Realty. That is wonderful. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank My you, pleasure. Chris. Um, I'm glad you're here. And typically, this is the time in the, in the uh, dialogue program when I would say to um, the mayor pro temp, what's been going on with you? But I'm going to move to Courtney Cole. Oh. What? Wow. And say, what? You got skipped over. Wow, I got second billing. <laughs> what? So, Courtney. Yes. Tell us what's been going on since the last time we've had a chance to uh, know about what's going on with Courtney Cole. Um. Well, let's see. I've been busy with um, organizing a festival and uh, the Italian festival. No, not the Italian festival. Oh. Waterfest. We've been having so much rain in Excelsior Springs that our annual Waterfest almost sounded like really more water. But you know, can wow. we? Should we do this? But yes. Oh, uh, the irony if the Waterfest were to get flooded. Yes. It was flooded. It yeah. was flooded. That's, that's yeah. so interesting. So I've never, I've I've gone to Waterfest every year of my life, but I've never been on like the organizing end of it before. And I've never organized or really helped with a festival before either. And, and you never will again. And I never <laughs> will again. No. Um, no, but it was just really interesting. I have a completely new respect for people who do festivals and who organize them. It's a lot of work. There's a lot of things that, I mean, you just would never even imagine like um we're getting flooded and i've got vendors calling me because they can't get into the city and they're thinking Mm -hmm. like what are other routes you know and you tell them the other routes and those routes are closed off too so it was kind of crazy um the day of and just getting everybody there Uh, we had several storms come through too and that was kind of crazy being underneath like the tents and everything um and trying to hold everybody's products down and keep everybody safe um, but then the weather cleared up. It got really nice. The weather was perfect. It was like in the 70s. Couldn't have asked for a better nice. weekend. And so we actually ended up having a, a bigger festival than we've ever had in years past. And it was a huge success. Uh, we had it at the airport this year where we, we don't normally have it. We usually have it in our downtown. But And why? Uh, because we have two historic bridges that are out in our uh, downtown. It's interesting because Excelsior Springs was right. They they just made the cutoff uh, when they started making the cuts for the transportation. So despite you know there being a lack of um, funds for transportation around the state, 
we our projects for getting our historic bridges replaced uh, was approved. Well, that's the thing I need to tell you. There was money to take it down. There's no money to put a new one. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Sorry. No, Oops. those. I have been told that those are supposed to be finished uh, come November. So you know the break. You know, you know, you go through Excelsior Springs, like you're, you're driving yourself to. It's not Camp Yopeka. What's the name of the camp? It's Camp Donovan. Camp Donovan. Yeah, Lake you Donovan go, you or go Conference quite a Retreat yeah. Center. Yep. Yeah. You have to go. Around, you can't go right through the town. So the festival, which is downtown, can't be there because this big bridge is gone. And the traffic oh. is all being rerouted through the downtown, so we can't close the roads off because there's no other way around then. So we couldn't have it in our downtown this year. Wowza. But the, the what's strange is we've never had it at – we have a city airport, mm-hmm. and we don't have very many events up there, but we ended up having Waterfest up there this year, and it worked so well. It worked so well. You think well, you'll keep it there? The mayor was like, you guys need to have it up here all the time. You know, you just need to, to have it up here. Now, the downtown merchants aren't too happy about that because, you know, they lost business over the weekend sure. by not having that foot traffic down there. So we're trying to kind of figure out a happy medium, maybe have, like, uh, some of the events. I'd like to bring a carnival into the downtown. I oh, think that would fun. be cool. Um, you know, I think we could have the, the parade and have a 5K and a car show and a bike show and do those things downtown, whereas we have entertainment and things up at the festival with the vendors and all that good stuff. So... It's just, it'll be a matter of figuring it out for next year. Well, I attended Waterfest. Oh, yes, you did? Yes, he did. Uh, the, the challenge of the bridge and then not having it downtown. Mm-hmm. And then there's no place to park at the, <laughs> at the airport because, you know, you would just, there's all kinds of room. Mm-hmm. And you would park on the grass, right? Okay. You can't because the, the water is, is, it's rained so much there. It's like oh, a swamp. you just sink right down yeah, in. Yeah, the ground is completely saturated. We've had over twenty inches of rain in the last three weeks. Oh my goodness! And, and yeah. so it was. It was. I don't. I really compliment Courtney for keeping this together. If I was, maybe this is why I'm not from there. I'd be like, I don't know if we should do this. Here. <laughs> <laughs> we did overflow parking. You know, I mean, we had more yeah, parking than the water. Yeah, so we were going to park everybody in the grass that <laughs> goes down by the the golf course, but uh, I ended up. We ended up putting everybody out on the runway, is what we did. So everybody ended up parking out on the runway. So oh. the, the airport board wasn't too happy come Monday when the festival was over, um, you know, because the ground was so wet that it dug like huge ruts in the ground oh. where people had driven out after the fireworks. Yeah. And so anyway, we got to get that fixed, but they're going to be all right. We had a meeting. So with I guess them. there were no <laughs> emergency landings uh, during the festival. <laughs> no, no, the airport was closed. <laughs> We wow. did have a, a plane buzz us, so that was kind of fun. Oh, fun! Yeah, they, well, it sounds and like scary. A great at the same event. Time. Yeah, yeah, it was. Good job, and it's so awesome. and I'm glad you survived it. That's <laughs> Thank one you. Thing. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to me that it's the first year you're on the planning end of things. It looks like you've got all the elements for a disastrous time, <laughs> and it ends up being the best one yeah, you've had. The best that's, one we've ever that's had. That's awesome. Had that's more great. people attend well and more done. sponsorships. It was awesome. Yeah, I'm, I, the work of my committee members. I tell you, the people who do their part, and that's what makes it a success, you know? Mm-hmm. So we've got really dedicated people in our town. So I'm proud to be there, of course. That's be awesome. a part of it. And is the Wabash still open? The Wabash is still open. Oh, good. They've okay. got their blues garden happening right now during the summer months. So come down on the weekends, and you can hear some great blues and eat some great barbecue. Yeah, that's good barbecue. Love it's that place. Stuff. I'm going to come down there yeah, like you're on a Saturday night this summer and hang out. You and, totally should. Yeah, listen to some blues and eat some BBQ. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Just delicious. Totally oh. do that. Well, congratulations. Thank you. You should be proud. Uh, thanks for coming, Senator. It meant a lot to me that you that you came and visited. I, I wanted to see the the uh, you know the water fest because they're they're known for their water, and then all sure. the water shows up. Right. Yeah. So that's 
<laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. Oh, sweet Festival irony. Festival of water. So, Chris, this is your time to shine now. Oh, I mean, what's boy. What's been going on in the City of Independence? Well, other than uh, not having a fest, it's been similar <laughs> to what's been going on in Excelsior Springs. We had a big storm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, over the weekend. A lot of power outages. Uh, we had, I want to say, 40-plus thousand residents without power. Mm-hmm. And uh, IPL did an amazing job getting power back up. Now, in my neighborhood, there's a lot of big old trees. Mm-hmm. And taking a walk the next day around the neighborhood, it was crazy because you have some, like my yard, thank heavens, untouched. Trees are fine. No no limbs down. And then you've got trees that uh, the three of us could not stand around and, and lock hands and reach all the way around these trees, and they're completely knocked over. Oh, yeah. wow. And that caused power issues, but IPL couldn't get to a lot of the transformers and stuff because trees were in the way. So right. we ended up having to bring in crews to help restore power from outside the city, but also extra tree crews to clear the way so that IPL or the other the other municipalities that were helping us out could get in there and do it. Mm-hmm. And Did I say it was the worst power outage in Independence since like 2002? Since 2002. Was that the ice storm? That was the ice storm. I remember that. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and there were several people that were without power for several days, but the city did an excellent job of communicating. I had, as you would expect, a lot of constituents contact me about it, and Independence Power and Light was very responsive, and we, we finally got everybody back up and running, so that was good. And now... It's dealing with the debris. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a constituent email me and say, you know, we got a lot of older people in our area. Is there any way the city could come by and pick up limbs curbside? Uh, we've opened up free drop-off destinations for limbs and debris. We don't have the, the capacity to go pick up stuff curbside, but there are several churches and charitable organizations that have been volunteering to help. They've put up a hotline and... People can call that if, and in fact, I need to pull that up. I want to share that here on the podcast if I could. So let's go ahead and just stretch for just a moment. Well, I I can tell you when there was a a limb, broken limb, sitting on a power line in my backyard. Mm -hmm. And I thought I would just, I'll just step, I'd just go up there and push it over. Jeez. Right? And then I thought better and I contacted the city. And when the guy came out and I said, could I have just... You know, just because I'm a tall fella. <laughs> yeah. Pushed it over, and he just shook his head. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for calling us. <laughs> that was that was the right decision. And here's the number. It's the Jackson County Emergency Operations Center Disaster Debris Assistance Hotline. And that's we interrupt your program with oh. breaking news. Okay, go ahead. Uh, this just in. I have the Jackson County Emergency Operations Center Disaster Debris Assistance Hotline. That's 816-325-7588. 816-325-7588. So uh, they're coordinating volunteer assistance to help people in Independence in eastern Jackson County who have debris to deal with. And they can't guarantee assistance, but they're helping a lot of folks by linking them up with different organizations that are helping out. Do you think they would... Oh, okay. And... Do you think if I called them, they'd come and clear some brush that I need cleaned? I don't know if we would go all the way to Excelsior or not, but we're awfully friendly folks here in Independence. You are. We we like to help. So, 
So that that was big news. And then um, the other thing that's going on in the city right now, we've got three uh, zoning changes, and I believe they're all going to be on the agenda for our next council meeting. And there are a lot of residents in the area in the area surrounding each of these three that are unhappy. And I'm sure there are others that are happy as well. But there was a, a marathon four plus hour planning commission meeting uh, last week. Where, where's the where's the zoning going to be? Okay, one is St. Mary's High School. Okay. And someone, a developer, would like to turn that land into like a, a soccer, soccer park. Field. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there are some residents that don't want that to happen. I, I don't know what else you do with that land there. Yeah. And I, I personally think that would be a good use for it. Okay. You would pull in family crowds. Mm-hmm. But the other one is at Jones Road and River. And there's a vacant lot that a developer would like to put some duplexes on okay originally wanted to put 24 i think i'm getting the numbers right had a meeting with the residents they weren't happy the developer scaled it back to 16 but the residents are still is that not north, happy. that's north of 24 highway yes north okay. of 24 yeah. highway kind of by uh, the park over there yes yeah yep exactly yeah not too far so you, so you have to rezone it to We'd have commercial res- and well, we'd have to rezone it to residential multifamily. Okay. Can you have you ever thought about putting calling it the danger zone, rezoning? <laughs> oh, the phantom zone. I like the danger zone. Or are you going to keep it in the friend zone? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Oh wow, uh, he'll he'll be here you. all week. I like week. how he set himself up. Yeah. The whole wow. Thing. You bump so you set have lots and of zoning you all have on your own. Lots of zoning options. Yeah, and and then the third one is near Blue Ridge and Twenty Third Street. Uh oh. And uh, <laughs> there's a a company that would like to go in there and put a building, and I, I think they're an excavation company, <laughs> not a car wash. No, it's it's an excavation company, and they would like to house their tools and stuff there and maybe plot some of the land to be a, a small industrial park where other businesses could come in. A lot of the residents uh, are I'd love very to upset. Know, I'd love to know where that. that is. Love to know where that is. You would? Well, as you know, my dad lived right there at right. 23rd and Blue Ridge, so I know some of those neighbors there. And this is actually north, north. of 23rd Street. Okay. And so it's got to be it's got to be on the east side because the other side is unincorporated. Right. What we call Blue Summit. Yes, or some people call it Dog Patch. Yeah. But it's called Blue Summit. Yeah. So it's up there, and it's by the uh, – there's a Hebrew cemetery up there, which yes. I didn't even uh-huh. know until right. this came up, and I went out to see where mm-hmm. it's going. So there are um, there are strong opinions on both sides, and I've been hearing from a lot of people about these. So it's going to be an interesting council meeting coming up here. So that's – I got to know more about that sometimes. So. <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll have to I'll have to tell you all about it. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that's the city news. Well, you, you've been busy, and I, you've been uh, building a business. Yes. Um, I know if we talked about that, uh, your um, your daughter and my daughter went to the uh, Missouri Student Council Association camp. Yes. My daughter was a junior counselor. Your daughter was a camper. Those are those are for your daughter. Oh, but, those shirts are. Yeah. Oh, she'll. Be I don't know if we mentioned. Pink. Maybe we talked about that. We talked about yeah. that, yeah. But that, that's uh, summertime is getting the kids the, um, for all their activities. My mind's going to college, so I've been spending a lot of time with that and uh, landscaping and new carpet in the house, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the other thing that, that uh, Waterfest was a lot of fun. 
delicious hot dogs by the Knights Ooh, of Columbus. Love hot dogs. And sweet tea there. Mm, and it was a, a good time. I'm not sweet on that. Um, enjoyed um, a little musical event, this up-and-coming band called the Rolling Stones. I think they're going to make it. <laughs> I think they're going <laughs> to come out and... Uh, You'll be hearing these guys' names someday. Does Mick Jagger still dance well? He's he, 72 years yes, old. Yes, he does. Wow. Yes. That's How do you live a rock and roll lifestyle and be able to... I don't know. He's a great grandfather. <laughs> and wow. you're 47 years old. I'm 47 years old. Uh-huh. You're a little more fit than me. I have a bit of a... Let's not get into it right now, but I was exhausted watching him. <laughs> <laughs> watching Mick Jagger. Um, and... Um, what, what I have coming up is I'm excited. The um, annual Sugar Creek Fourth of July parade will be happening Saturday. I'll be participating. Oh, that'll be fun! I'm excited by it because it's a fun time. It's in the it's about eleven o'clock. Show up there on Sterling and just um, everyone is there. You line up. You start tossing candy to everybody. And I'm I toss out a candy called Dum Dum. Mm-hmm. And it's because everyone's like sees me and they know me for this they're like hey senator dum dum hey there's there's the dum dum guy hey dummy and they hey, say that because of the hey, candy hey idiot and so i know that they like uh-huh. dum dums and that's what i'm going to deliver i have six thousand dum dums let's to give. switch to smarties can we uh, i don't know i think people know me better as <laughs> oh, senator dum dum oh, because is not of the good. because of the candy yeah. It's, of course, it's only yeah. because, because of the candy, of the candy. is why. Right. Right. Hey, That's Senator, the only give reason. me a dum dum, idiot. You know yeah, that? yeah. They say stuff like that to me, and it makes me feel good that I can deliver closely. Um, and it, it's fun because there, there's <laughs> another, the there's another, there's another politician that was in front of me last year, and I was get, offering them some dum dums in front of me. You oh, you were offering them. Mm-hmm. That's nice by throwing them. Yep. <laughs> I mean, still. Well, how else are they going to get there? Still, so it's, you know. Anyway, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's uh, you know, not a formalized uh, parade. It's just a lot of fun and enjoying the 4th of July, which is also Courtney Cole's birthday. What? Well, so, oh. happy birthday to you, Courtney. Thanks. Oh, my gosh. Thanks. Um, our regular listeners of the Dialogue Program know how old she is because her daughter told us that the other day. Yeah, thanks, Mackenzie. So <laughs> I hope you have a good birthday. Thank you. And um, the at the end of this program, I am going to add as we'll we'll, we'll transition into this. But I'm going to uh, play for you an audio reading of the Declaration of Independence. I was listening to it today and reading it, and it it is I don't know how many times you've listened. You've, I'm sure you've read it before. Mm-hmm. But just it's probably the Fourth of July is a time to renew what this is all about and why why. We have this country, why some of us choose to serve the country, um, and, and what it's all about. And I think it's, it's, it's worth every 4th of July to know that's, this is how it all started. I was struck with the very last line uh, of the uh, Declaration of, of Independence is, And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of the divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Now, those are those are men who were there saying, "Hey, we're in. We're, we're in. They're going to come after us. We're, this is a rebellion. We're in. We got to pledge to each other." But I think that's an important concept that many times in America we forget. We're in this together. We should pledge to each other, right? Our fortunes, our um, our sacred honor that we're going to try to help each other. Right. And 
protect this country and do what we can do to keep us free and and keep it the best country that we have and that's pretty inspiring i think oh very much so so i don't thanks for sharing that yeah is there anything that i'm what's your plans for the fourth of july well, I'm going to go visit with some friends, and then I'm going to go actually over to your brother's house for a 4th of July cookout barbecue. Yes, we're having a big Courtney Cole birthday celebration over there. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thanks, guys. And that's really that's my plans. My daughters are out of town. They both went down to the lake, and they're going to hang out down there, so yeah. I, don't, I don't have my children on the 4th of July. And what do you do special? Um, I'm just, I think, going to spend it in Excelsior Springs. Great that place to I don't really it. have anything planned, which... <laughs> It's fine with me. We usually have lots of going on, so Is nothing. there any... You guys always have fireworks for every occasion in Excelsior Springs. Uh, I think that the Eagles will do them one night. I'm not really what? sure. Oh, God, Glenn Fry. Yeah. yeah, the Eagles are coming out, right? <laughs> I love Hotel California. Yeah, yep, cool. And we're going to have a barbecue with my family, so... Good. Well, I hope you have a great birthday. Thank you. I hope you have a great my birthday, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happy birthday to you, Courtney Cole. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so let's try to remember a little bit... Um, about why we have this country, and I'll play the Declaration of Independence. That's wonderful. Okay. It's one of our best shows ever. In Congress, July 4th, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, It is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such forms as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. 
He has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be obtained. And when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend to them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people, unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness his invasions on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such dissolutions to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers, incapable of annihilation, have returned to the people at large for their exercise, the state remaining in the meantime exposed to all the dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states. For that purpose, obstructing the laws of naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of lands. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace standing armies without the consent of our legislators. He has affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by a mock trial, from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in a neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government, and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies, for taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our governments, for suspending our own legislators and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny, already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages, and totally unworthy the head of a civilized nation. 
He has constrained our fellow citizens taken captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections among us, and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Nor have we been wanting in attention to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our emigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and of consanguinity. We must, therefore, acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, in peace, friends. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in general congress, assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states that they are absolved from all allegiance to the british crown and that all political connection between them and the state of great britain is and ought to be totally dissolved and that as free and independent states they have full power to levy war conclude peace contract alliances establish commerce and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our... So that was the Declaration of Independence, <laughs> and uh, hope you enjoyed that. Something to think great. about. Um, Make sure you listen to it and soak in. Is there any other thing that we need to add? I mean, we're all kind of we all kind of listen to that and start really thinking a little bit about what this country was means to us and the blessings that we have and the opportunity we have to serve. I'm really very blessed. So, trying to think about that today and this weekend. Anything else? I, just I, as a, go ahead. I just I hate to reiterate, but I do think this is one of our best shows. I think it was a great show. Say it again. Phil likes to hear it. I think it was just a great show, Phil. I really do. And I just, I, I can't help it. I'm welling up inside. I think this is one of the best shows we've ever done. Absolutely.
This program has been produced by Courtney Cole, Chris Whiting, and Paul Lavoda. All rights reserved. Thanks again for listening to Dialogue with State Senator Paul Lavoda. Contact Paul on Twitter at Paul Lavoda or by email at votelavoda at hotmail.com with your comments or for syndication. Join us next week for more dialogue.